Hi, this is D.H. Dawkins Sr., lead pastor of Praise Tabernacle International. Thank you for tuning in on today's podcast. We hope that it will be inspiring, empowering, and enlightening to you, most of all impactful to your growth and your journey in faith. Let's go right to the word of the Lord. Uh, I want to speak with you about something that I think that's essential for us during this time as believers who have to be spiritual but live in natural conditions. Our money has been impacted by this pandemic, most of us. I know some of you are at a level where your money is not touched at all by what's going on. But the rest of us can say that there's some level of economic disruption that we've experienced financially. For some people, there's been increase, and for others, there may have been a plateauing or, unfortunately, in some cases, significant decrease. But let's go to the word of the Lord uh, in Matthew 7, 24 to 27. I'm going to be preaching or teaching, rather, to you from the topic prospering in a pandemic. Prospering in a pandemic. Father, your word is blessed. Now bless us as we dig to receive treasures and insight and revelation that will impact our lives and our future in Jesus' name. Uh, It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that same house. And it fell, though, with a great crash. Uh, I want to look at comparing the two builders. Because what's essential about this is quite often we read this from the angle of uh, post-building, meaning we see it after it had been built. So now we critique and we compare and we, we exegete this text from the angle of it being already built without uh, identifying and giving what I call due diligence attention to the foundation of it, which is the emphasis that Jesus gives that they built the house. They built it. This is not just the result of what happened. This is the result of negligent intentions. The fact that at the beginning you had more liberty to lay certain foundations so you wouldn't have to complain about results later. Sometimes we have to go back to the building phase of certain things, not just fixing things, but we have to be willing to rebuild all over again. I understand that there's some cases where not everyone gets a start over. Some people just have to get a move on. Uh, But for those who do have the opportunity to start over, or at least to re-examine your first steps, go back to the foundation. Both of these individuals, before they ever picked up a brick or, or anything, they both heard the same word. Verse 24 and 26 says, everyone who hears these words of mine. That means instructions were given. Instructions were given. So they both heard the same word. Two, they both had the same vision. If you look at verse 24... And verse 26 of Matthew 7, both of them heard the words and they built their house. One was a wise man who built his house. The other was a foolish man. One built it on the rock. The other built it on the sand. So they both heard the same word and they both had the same vision. 
The Bible says in verse 25 and 27, look at the parallels. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. That's the same in verse 25 and verse 27, the first portion of both verses. So not only did they both hear the same word, not only did they have the same vision, but they also both were affected by the same storm. The same storm. The storm had no preference. <laughs> the storm had no direct address. The storm did what the storm did to everybody. Now here's the contrast of the two. That was the comparison. Now let's look at the contrast. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That's verse 24. But if you look at verse 26, it says that the other one did not put them into practice. So now we see, although they had the same word, same vision, and same storm, they didn't have the same behavior. They didn't have the same response. One heard and implemented. The other heard and did not. Be careful how much time you take investing in, I guess you can say, counseling and being uh, the dump station for someone who's going to give you all their woes about the results of something that they created because they did not follow instructions. They didn't follow instructions. If you're not careful, people like that will have you on their roller coaster, up and down, here and there, emotionally this, this and that. And, and I don't think all the time that they desire uh, insider instruction, they just want to vent. They just want to release for a moment. And the minute you might draw in a little closer and begin to say, well, wait a minute, that, that part that you said that so-and-so told you to avoid that or to take those two steps and you didn't do it, how about we just save all this time from venting and fussing and discussing and rehearsing what went wrong and let's revisit that. Let's go back to that. Can we go back and build again? Can we go back? And if we cannot, what do we need to do in order to healthily move on? I'm not the one to, to, to want to lingo or hang out in between this whole, you know, uh, woulda, coulda, shoulda zip code. I'm the type that always likes to figure out, well, what can we fix? And if we can't fix it, what can we do to move forward? But life is too short and too aggressive and too unforgiving and unconcerned with my emotions for me to linger in a place of woulda, coulda, and shoulda beyond getting a strategy and a plan to move forward. I believe in hope. Oh God, I believe in hope. I believe in faith, and, and yes, let's, let's have hope and hold on. But make sure while you keep hope alive, get you a plan. Get you a plan. Get you a plan and a strategy because you can't live off of hope. You can't. Hope is something that might inspire you for a moment, but it ought to inspire you toward a plan, a strategy, some kind of plan of action. Uh, so they didn't have the same behavior. Let, let's go back to seeing this here. Everyone heard the words put them into practice. One was called wise, the other one was called foolish. So they didn't have the same character. They didn't have the same character. So they have the same setting, the same opportunity, but they didn't have the same behavior or the same character. And as a result, the wise one built his on a rock, the foolish one built his on sand, and that leads us to see they did not have the same foundation. And because they didn't have the same foundation, they didn't have the same results. They didn't have the same results. Stop comparing your results to someone with a different foundation. Stop. Stop. You're going to drive yourself crazy doing that. Well, how come I didn't get that? Do you know what their foundation is? Do you know what it is that they planted and invested? Do you know what they strategized? Are you aware of the steps that they took? Or only, are we only celebrating 
and sometimes envying the results, but missing out on the process. Successful people uh, sometimes are so busy maintaining and advancing their successful life that they don't always have time to pull over and give the details of every season. So you got to be willing to pay attention to those moments where someone who has arrived or someone who has achieved a particular desired goal that you have, pay attention to those moments when they're willing to share. Don't, don't just be uh, distracted by maybe the plain Jane approach or the plain Jane look. One of the problem with our people is we, we tend to only listen to people who look like what we want to look like or possess what we want to possess, and we ignore the fact that there are some highly successful people who may not have the name brand. They can afford it, but they don't always flaunt it. They don't value it the same way you do. They may not have the lifestyle and the luxury or, 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 or the, the level of living that you might desire, but they have the knowledge. They have the foundation. They have the wisdom. They have the character. They have the discipline, and too often we miss out on life-changing opportunities because we dismiss the person who God uses to convey the wisdom. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. What is the foundation? What is it that's laid there? Do we have the time not just to lust after the results, but to learn the foundation? To learn what does that life have to be built? Now you're saying, Pastor, what does all of that have to do with prospering in a pandemic? Well, if you're paying attention, you'll see that I just pretty much parallel that to what went on with us this year and what seems to be going on for another couple of months. We have the same word of God that has been given to us, the same promise. We have the same vision. We want a healthy, wealthy life. Come on, is that you? You desire to have that John 10, 10 experience, that life and have it more abundantly. But we were also affected by the same storm, the same storm. Now, here's the contrast. You look around the room, you look around your life, you look around your sphere of influence, and you'll see that not everybody practices or implements or obeys what was given to them. And not everybody is wise. And because of that, not everyone has the same foundation. So the results will differ because of the foundations that differ, because of the obedience factor that differs. What's that song they said? Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. There is a need for us to do the simple act of obedience. Matter of fact, as simple as it is, God values it far more. He says to obey is better than sacrifice. I would rather you just obey me than offer up all of these sacrifices and, 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 and adhering to all these holy days. Just do what I say do, and you'll get the results that your heart desires according to the promise that I've made to you. So these are the ways to prosper in this unfortunate situation. Very simple. You ready? I'm going to give you uh, uh, three, three particular simple points that I think that can help to fix for some of you who feel like it's gone too far, to go back and fix some things, but it's definitely going to uh, enhance and heal you economically moving forward. Ready? Point one, spend less than you earn. Spend less than you earn. You got scripture for it? Yes, I do. I heard it. Proverbs 21 and 20. Wise people live in wealth and luxury, but stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. Okay? Proverbs 21 and 20, I'll read it again. Wise people live in wealth and luxury, which insinuates they built it. 
It didn't just drop on them, but they got there by discipline and by consistency and by good stewarding. But stupid people, I didn't say, it's in the book, GNT version, okay? Stupid people spend their money as fast as they get it. All right? Spend less than your, it's Luke 14, 28. Uh, the message version, one of my favorite translations of the Bible says, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure the cost so that you'll know if you can complete it? Many of our dreams cost more than our budget can afford. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a path that you must take from reality to then make your dream becoming a reality. Your present reality may not possess the resources to make it happen. But if you put in place the discipline and the consistency to make it happen, you'll arrive there. You'll arrive there. All right? Here's point two. Ready? Develop multiple streams of income. My, my, my. Ecclesiastes 11 and 2 says, invest in seven ventures. Yes, even eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. My God. I'm telling you, this book is filled with the answers for just about every season of our lives. Do you know the statistics show that most millionaires and billionaires in our world today have at least, are you ready, at least seven streams of income? Seven, at least seven. Now, unless somebody died and left an inheritance or unless they, they won the lottery, all right, uh, if they built their way there, going back to the foundation of the parable that we started with, they had a vision to build a home, to build a life. If they built their way there, it required at least seven streams of income. Some of those streams may be substreams of a greater stream. So you, you might be a realtor, you might be in the business of real estate, but you have a substream uh, of being able now to clean certain homes or to flip certain houses. So your real estate license becomes a mainstream, but your property management becomes a substream of the mainstream. You follow me? So, so you're able to have multiple streams and each of them don't have to be their own mainstream. But streams tend to have substreams that break off of a mainstream. And those count just as much. Why? Because all of them have coin in them. All of them. All of them. All of them. And the problem is we tend to minimize our skills and we are afraid to monetize them for fear of looking too thirsty or too prideful. Now listen, if you're overly uh, concerned about how people see you and what people think about you when it comes to your personal, financial, and fiscal decisions, uh, you will stay at whatever level that you're at. But the minute you stop caring too much about how people think and what they do, listen, you explaining too much. You ought to charge for all them explanations. Make the decision and live the life. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try and make the attempt and it not come to pass. Because in every failure, there's a lesson learned. There's wisdom increased. So you got to be willing to develop multiple streams of income. Oh, I love a clean house. Start charging the clean folks' houses. Get your cleaning business. Oh, I love to bake. Bake. Bake for folks' weddings and events. Get your little baking company together. Start somewhere. And I'm not saying to start all seven at one time, but start somewhere. 
Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Lastly, I told you three. So the first one is spend less than you earn. The second is develop multiple streams of income. And the third is generously give back to God. Generously give back to God. Proverbs 3, 9 to 10 says, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. And he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine vats with the finest wines. Now hear me. I don't want you to think that just by giving to the church, which is, you know, a kind of giving to God, by being generous to your local ministry, that that automatically nulls and nulls and voids foolish management in other areas. Uh, you can tithe, you can give and, and, and generously give to the church and, and give to the ministry and give to the kingdom and still be foolish with the management of what's left in your house. Just because you give to the church, it doesn't substitute for the foolery at home. You need to make sure that even in your giving and in your generosity towards the ministry, that you also develop wisdom and practice discipline in your good stewardship in terms of the finances at your home and your business and in the rest of your life. It's important. A severe famine in Genesis 26 hit the land as it happened before in Abraham's time. And the Lord appeared to Isaac, his son, and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Here comes instruction. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. When Isaac planted his crops that year, I'm down in verse 12 of Genesis 26 now, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. Why is that? Because he honored the Lord. He honored the Lord. God told him, don't go down into Egypt, but do what I tell you. Live here as a foreigner. I'll be with you. He planted his crop, harvested a hundred times because God had blessed him. He was obedient and he was sacrificial in his commitment to the Lord. I admonish every one of you to do what I just told you to do from the word of God. This is how you'll prosper in this pandemic. We've got the same storm. The rain is falling on the just and the unjust. We're dealing with a, 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 a storm or a pandemic. The unrest that's going on, it's not a person. It's a season that we're in. But there's a way that you can survive and not just survive, but thrive through this season. You've got to be willing to spend less than you earn. You've got to cut back. You got to cut back. I know some of y'all came on here waiting for some prophetic word. I'm giving you a word that's going to change your life just as much as a prophetic word would. Spend less than you earn. Be more frugal. This season is not a liberal season for everybody. Now, if you're liberal, go on and be liberal if you have the means to do that. But for the rest of us who don't, spend less. Spend less. Cut back. Your future will thank you for it. Cut back. It'll be such a blessing to wake up and find out that you have more that you have something on the side, that you're able to, to, to have what they call an emergency fund without having to borrow from someone in order to fix that unexpected issue. These are things that are essential, not just for our wealth, but are you ready? For peace of mind. For peace of mind. So you can sleep better. So you don't have to walk around. I don't know if you're like me sometimes, but if, if my account is low, child, I eat low. I, I dress low. My wife can tell, babe, you must have seen the account because you didn't put on no cologne today. You, 
You eating Fruit Loops for dinner tonight? What's going on? Because for me, in my mind, it just messes with everything. Now we're not going out to eat. She's like, babe, she operates totally differently. And I thank God for the balance. She's like, we're going to be all right. Remember, we got this coming in. Or, or you know, it's tight right now, but, but we cut back on that, so we'll be all right. For me, it impacts all of me. I don't know if that's you. But for me, every part of me gets impacted. My sleep is impacted. My eating habits are impacted because as a man, I'm wired to be able to have more than enough to provide. I got too many people depending on me for me not to have more than enough. So that's my mentality. So what do I do? Cut back, cut back. Make sure I'm working on multiple streams of income. I haven't reached seven yet, but I'm on my way. And I'm generous in my giving to the local ministry. I admonish you to do that. You have an opportunity. We have a big gift coming up where you're going to be able to do just that, at least point three. Point one and two, that's on you. But point three, we're making an opportunity, not just through your regular tithes and offerings, but in a big give moment that we're going to have at the beginning of the year, 2021, we want to be able to raise over $20,000. We believe we can do that. And we want to invite you to generously be a part of that. And I promise you, when you give like that, It'll set you up like it did Isaac. It'll set you up like it did Abraham. It'll set you up like it did for that son who received that wisdom in Proverbs, like it did for Solomon, like it did for so many who tithe, they gave, they sacrificially sowed, knowing that by giving into the work of the Lord, God is obligated to bless me, even though the responsibility falls back on me as to how I manage it, God will still bless me. I invite you to do that. I invite you to be a part of that. God bless you. I'm praying for your wealth. I'm praying for wisdom. I'm praying for your resources. I know you might have to be careful, but don't be afraid. I know you have to be a little different and have to adapt to this season, but don't you worry and don't become anxious. Trust in God and his principles. Obey him. You obey. The outcome is on him. He'll see you through. Prosper in this pandemic. God bless you.